This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, there is a great deal of focus right now on the proposed legislation making its way to Capitol Hill around cryptocurrency. The bill would like to regulate crypto as a commodity, which could sit well with some, but maybe not so much with others. Chris Hayes is head of government affairs for blockchain company Silo and joins us on the line right now. Chris, appreciate a few moments today. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thank you. And and so obviously a lot of focus on this legislation. What's been your company's reaction and and just kind of the the cryptocurrency realm, blockchain, et cetera, about this bill being brought forward by Senators Lummis and and Gillibrand? Well, I I think it might make sense to share a little bit about where we sit in the ecosystem. So the Cello Foundation is a grant-giving organization that supports the growth and development of the open-source Celo Layer 1 blockchain. And so as a Layer 1, um, there are a variety of benefits that I think are provided in this bill. Um, and I think it also helps other actors in space, including crypto exchanges, um, stablecoin issuers, etc. So there's, I think this is really beneficial because it sets out a really for the first time, a holistic framework for crypto assets and stable coins and taxation of those issues, as well as how exchanges work. So a, a huge holistic um, coverage of the various issue areas where there currently is just a lot of legal gray area. So, uh, you know, coming into this space, there's, there's definitely uh, a lack of certainty, which, which makes it hard for institutional players to get engaged. Um, and what the industry, I think, is really craving is some rules of the road and uh, some certainty um, going forward from a legal perspective. And, and this bill uh, seeks to cover most of the areas of, of concern. Um, and obviously, there, the devil will be in the details in terms of how it's negotiated over time. Right. And, and I think that's the component is that, unfortunately, I don't think anybody expects to get everything solved in, in one piece of legislation. You hope that you can get a majority of it but you know with kind of the the uncertainty that's kind of been around cryptocurrency over the last few years uh i think at, at this point any kind of legislative move forward would would help bring forward a level of certainty that would benefit the industry in general correct no i you're exactly right i mean as someone who came from the traditional financial sector coming into the space i i think it's 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 somewhat crazy that there is not a statutory framework in place. And unfortunately, the, the current statutory framework for traditional financial applications just is really not well designed for the digital assets space. And so being able to, to balance sort of giving certainty for players, uh, reputable players in the space, including Celo and, and other, other platforms, I think is really positive both for, for businesses involved in the sector, but also consumers who are, who are, you know, uh, purchasing cryptocurrency or involved with exchanges and other providers to make sure that yeah. that they're protected as well. I, is it still, though, whatever the, the legislative, legislative piece that might come back, is it to a degree somewhat still of a starting point for where cryptocurrency is going to go over the next few decades? I think that's right. And so when, when you think about, uh, you know, crypto, I think a lot of people really focused on, on the speculation of the tokens and, and, and maybe not as focused on sort of the innovation, the applications that are being built that do real things in the real world on the blockchain technology. And so 
those tokens are really just a byproduct of running a blockchain. Uh, and yes, yeah. there's there's certainly speculation in those, but I think as as we move forward, there will be more and more innovation um, changes, updates to the technology. And so we're we're really at a stage where if you think about Yahoo in 1995. Uh, you know, that's maybe where we're at now with blockchain and, and this whole Web3 space. And I think the the regulations need to be tailored to permit that innovation and growth uh, for the future, both for, for economic growth and, and allowing the technology to, to continue to develop and be used really as the foundation um, for new aspects of the Internet. And, and it's really about democratizing access to the Internet. Are you confident that we will see... And it's it seems like that, you know, that this is a bipartisan effort uh, right now, but that we will see this be able to move through Congress. And at some point we will have some sort of meaningful legislation that will provide that level of certainty. Well, I, I mean, I think, look, this this is a really comprehensive framework with a lot of moving pieces. Um, it, it includes uh, banking issues, taxation issues, um, commodity-related issues, and those are three different committees that it has to move through if it was going to move as one package through each of those committees in two houses, both the House and the Senate, and then be signing to law. So that is definitely an uphill climb. I think there's a lot of interest in sort of moving a framework forward, but I would expect this to be more of a roadmap in guardrails to set the, the framework for the future but probably move in a, in a bunch of smaller pieces of legislation that can be moved more concisely. Um, I would expect this to be a longer process. Obviously, pretty much after this summer, we will be going into midterm election season. So yep. Yep. Uh, not much will probably get done until the next Congress. What are the biggest challenges out there for the entire industry at this point? Well, I think certainly regulatory risk is, is a is a big uh, concern um, and, and knowing how to effectively operate and that will allow, and we've seen more institutional capital come into the space, but I think providing more certainty will be beneficial. Um, I think um, stable coin regulation has, is something that's been really at the forefront, particularly um, the, the recent uh, Terra collapse uh, uh, about a month ago um, has focused more attention on trying to find a solution there. And I think, um, you know, obviously, the Biden administration is also interested in putting together a framework. So it's sort of if you think about it, I think there's sort of this enforcement effort happening at the SEC, um, which has been quite uh, aggressive, um, which is sort of uh, potentially going to influence the policy outcomes uh, in Congress. And so it's sort of a, a race to see um, whether rules of the road will be put in place to direct the agencies or whether the enforcement will be based on existing legal frameworks, which is potentially more challenging for the industry, at least in the short term. Gary Gensler has talked a lot about this. It, it, how, how do you feel about his participation up to this point and, and, and his thought process of, of trying to work with the industry as you move forward? You know, I, I think from the administration generally, there's been a lot of support. And I think if you look at the uh, executive order, it showed a real understanding of the potential innovation here while also, you know, seeking to address those risks, I think, in a balanced way. Um, I think Chair Gensler's approach um, has been, um, I think, potentially less helpful um, in terms of uh, making it uh, difficult for folks in the industry to come in and talk about the real challenges 
I think his right. positioning has really been you should fit in the existing framework, which unfortunately is, is not as well designed for for the technological differences here versus you know the traditional financial sector. Um, and so therefore, um, that's, that's been a real challenge. And so um, I, I think Congress giving the SEC some direction will be really helpful. Um, but generally, you know, Chair Gensler has not exactly had an open door policy um, in regard to folks in, the, in this industry going in there to meet with him. And, you know, I think that that unfortunately has, has let them concerned about enforcement risks by essentially giving more information to the SEC that they might then used against them instead of using it to better understand the industry and, and how it should be appropriately regulated. Well, and, and part of this is obviously kind of the unknown and the unknown of this industry by the public in general. And I think that's a that's a big part of, of where uh, cryptocurrency and, and blockchain, blockchain can kind of help alleviate part of this process is really making A plus B equals C known kind of a, a, to as many bodies as you can over the course of the next few years. No, and I, I think that's right. And I, I think, look, uh, you know, right now when you when you go out there and, and someone maybe buys a coin on exchange or buys stable coins or whatever it might be, uh, there is no uniformity because there is no specific rules of the road beyond folks, including sellers, that are trying to navigate based on court precedents and court cases yep. and, and do the right thing. But having yep. sort of a, an apples-to-apples apples comparison through something like, like the Lummis-Gillibrand legislation is really helpful both for consumers but also industry to really make sure that you know, those projects that aren't legitimate, that are problematic for, and yep. risky for consumers, are maybe not you know, uh, disincentivized or unable to access marketing yep. to customers, uh, yep. and, and that'll be really positive. Chris, great to have you with us. Thanks very much. Chris Hayes, Head of Governmental Affairs for CELO. Uh, to keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.